Okay. Talia, can you hear me? What if she just finds my audio cue and then it sounds like I'm talking to myself about the whole thing? Then we're going to do it like Garfield minus Garfield. Have you seen that? No. It's this, uh, I think it's a Tumblr. If you look up Garfield minus Garfield, someone's photoshopped Garfield out of Mm -hmm. every, I'm going to say it again, Garfield comic. And it just looks like John is completely insane. Hey, do it. That should be the picture of this interview, not me. Just that. Maybe I can Photoshop. (laughs) Do that. I hope that I do. Do that. Please do that. But anyway, I've just said this, but my microphone was off because, I don't know, it's been a long day. I rode 40 minutes uphill in this Vancouver heat. heat. We're recording on Thursday. If you're listening on Wednesday, we made a whole joke about the present, future, and past. Mm-hmm. Inception. Watch the movie. Yeah, and also we referenced uh, X-Men. X-Men, which was a Doesn't good matter. joke. You can't hear this because we recorded for 20 minutes with the program not running. <laughs> for the first time, it's been 10 episodes seamlessly. Number l- Lucky number 11. Okay. Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia... I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. I'd say she's my friend, but I don't speak Spanish. I'm joined today by Eze Tawo. How's it going, Eze? Better the second time. It's better the second time. It's better the second time. Good. (laughs) And I wanted to say ole. But I don't speak Spanish, even though Olay is a Spanish word. Do you but. speak any other languages? No. I were, no, I you want to. You did French immersion? Or? I, no, I did French, like, for the first two years of elementary school or whatever. And, yeah. I do wish I spoke another language. I did French from maybe second grade to tenth grade. And I don't speak it at all. But I don't get that. But you, why, how? What happened? I don't know. I mean, I learned it in Australia. Yes. From German. Uh, yes. Um, which couldn't have helped. But I don't know. I didn't care. I wasn't trying. But I don't know. But you knew all the verbs and how to put together sentences and all those. Actions. I know. A li- I know a little bit. Yes. Of it, I almost dropped out of of like grade nine French. Oh. But anyway, I I had a friend from Paris back in Australia, and he learned English as a compulsory thing all the way through his schooling and in college as well. Mm-hmm. And he came to Australia and didn't speak a lick of it. And then he learned it all on an oil rig. I guess that's just how it goes. I guess. Uh, Though the show has come and gone by the time this episode is. Inception. What can you tell us about Tina and Cher? Tina and Cher was present day talking about the future, talking about the past. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, was an amazing show. Uh, I will be playing Tina Turner, and my dear friend Carrie Donaldson will be, be Cher. We'll have uh, it's an improvised variety show with famous guests uh, popping in to talk about their latest projects at the time. We've kind of time-stamped it to like 60s and 70s and whatever you want kind of thing. And so we're just going to have a whole lot of tomfoolery, random, stupid music, dancing, improvised craziness. How many people showed up? Uh, It was a packed house. We had to send people away, unfortunately. Show never happened yet. All right, so if you're trying to get tickets on StubHub for that. Yes. None of them are real. Yes. So from what I gather, you're one of the hardest working comics in the city. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how your comedy career began? Uh, it began through, actually, I didn't say this before, but thinking about it now, it began at, like, at a very young age of six. Uh, I was taking a picture with my, my family went to this like Nigerian uh, cultural Christmas party and uh, my dad was there, my whole family was there and I was with my brothers and my sister and we were taking a family photo or a group photo and I was smiling and I made a silly face and my dad didn't like it and he was like, don't, don't do that face, be a serious, take a serious face and I realized that he hated it and I'm like, well, I like it. So I kept on making those funny faces, he got really mad. But then just knowing that uh, people laughed at that, I was like, yeah, I, I like to make people laugh. And then I would always try to find things to make people laugh. And so that was the beginning of my comedy career. But I started taking it seriously when I moved here to Vancouver uh, six years ago. But before that, you were training in... Yes, before that, I lived in Toronto and I trained through Second City and uh, learned my improv uh, education through them and so thankful for it because it's helping me now till this day. Um, so, yeah. I interviewed you for Discord earlier this year about the Blind Tiger People of Color program. Mm -hmm. For the listeners who haven't read the article, could you tell us about how the project got started? Absolutely. So last year for uh, Vancouver International Improv Festival, we had our first ever uh, diversity and inclusion panel, and we had a lot of people within the community and uh, a lot of improvisers from uh, outside of Canada. Uh, John G. Uh, from Minnesota uh, came in to discuss uh, his works of creating a diverse uh, community, community comedy community where he's from and trying to implement that really everywhere he goes. So through that, we, I was inspired, Caitlin Haddon was inspired, uh, members uh, of Blind Tiger uh, were inspired, Instant Theater was inspired, that we all decided to, uh, uh, Blind Tiger decided to create a program, a scholarship rather, for people of color and to hear their voice, uh, be themselves and express themselves in a comedic uh, venue, in a, in a comedic form. So that's what came about with the, and we had a POC night several months ago and that was a great success and we're having another one august 3rd and uh so far so great so it's been it's been going well yeah great so uh what do you see as the future of the program the future of the program is that we want everybody under the sun to be able to express themselves in ways that normally isn't heard or expressed normally in comedy uh usually right now normally it's just kind of the base the basic and the same stories repeated over and over again we just want to diversify the voice of comedy and i think we are on a great foot and it's only going to get better from here so you mentioned before that you trained at second city yes uh how do you think school like second city in toronto mm -hmm. differs from blind tiger uh, I think because um, the school of Second City differs, it's because they have, uh, because Toronto is so big, so they have the numbers of people who are, um, who are so engaged and want to be involved in comedy. And uh, Vancouver, unfortunately, we don't have the number um, as of yet, but uh, it's just really a numbers game. I think that's where Toronto kind of leads in terms of the the dedication and the, and the commitment and the force in, in comedy at development and comedy um, creation and uh, comedy voices. Uh, Vancouver, what I do love about Vancouver comedy scene, though, is because it's so experimental in my definition of it and it's so random and it's so 
young and 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 small so because you're so young because you're so small you can really have that like blissful carelessness of like let me just do whatever i want to do so you heard it here first now it's the best time to get into comedy in vancouver yeah getting in on the ground floor helping it grow yeah plant your plant your seed and see how big your tree grows do you know if uh, Blind Tiger is still doing the WTF program? I believe so. Um, I know Amy Shostak uh, coordinates that. I don't know the next date, but it's I believe it's a monthly thing. So that's something that will continue on happening. It's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah. So, so it's a good city to be to try and get into comedy if you feel like you're an underrepresented group. Because mm-hmm. you've got the POC program, yes. the WTF, yes. which is Women Trans Femme mm-hmm. Night as well. Uh, you ready for some new questions? Yes. We just rolled right through that first part of the interview. It's like you've done it before. <laughs> Maybe we have. That felt very strange to do. I read that you were involved in something called Combus Fest. Mm, let's say that again. Combus Fest or Combus Fest? Combu- combustion. Combustion? Is that what it is? I just read... Combustion. That sounds right. I'm like, Combus Fest? It said... Well, the, the art- let's find this article again, because yes. i got to hold someone's feet to the fire. <laughs> That was in Toronto, Combustion? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, that, that sounds right. Let's talk about that. Yes. That sounds real. Yes. Because um, I was going to say, why is it called <laughs> Combus Fest? It makes me think of Christopher Columbus. Oh, no. Nah. that's the opposite. No. Uh, combustion. Um, combustion. I don't know how many years. I thought I was wearing this shirt, but I have a shirt. That's the Veef shirt. You yes, on. I got the Veef. I only wear improv festival shirts. That's, right. I don't wear anything else but improv festival shirts. Um, combustion, I think... I think, oh, I'm so mad now that I don't know how, how many years. But let's just say it's over 10 years. Let's just say it's over 15 years. But this past this past June, I was in Toronto for the combustion. And uh, it's invite only. Um, and it's, it was an amazing week of comedy. And we had so many talented improvisers from Toronto. And so many talented improvisers from... Um, the states casually dope there we go oh my god i just i just got that too yeah that's the group uh an amazing group and i also forget where they're from but they're from the states um so combustion i was there as a solo performer i didn't go with your moms i didn't go with nasty when i went by myself and it was just an amazing opportunity to really see how uh how the toronto improv scene has more not morphed but like just was different from when I was there, obviously. And I was just blown away and in awe of everybody and in awe of just the whole scene and how inclusive they are and how supportive they are and how, like, beast amazing they are, too. So it was an amazing festival, and I hope I get invited back. And uh, it was great. It was fun. So Casually Dope, they're still performing? Uh, they're actually, I think, no, Rashid is apparently going to be in Toronto either now or in the week's time to do another show in Toronto, but they are an American, Baltimore, there we go, they're from Baltimore, and, uh, they are an amazing improv group of, I only met three, but I think they are, uh, they have more members in the group, but yeah. You teach an elective at Blind Tiger called Be the Best You in Your Character. Yes. That was last night. It was? Yes. I was terrified. You were terrified. Is it? Is oh it? God. Was last night your first time? Uh, well, kind of teaching like my own class. I was just nervous because like I get weird teaching other adults. Yeah. To be like, you're an adult. I'm an adult. What can I tell you? But haven't you ever taught someone who gets paid more than you, that's a lot older than you, how to rotate a PDF? 
<laughs> no, not yet, because I don't know how to do anything with technology. No. But uh, I just felt weird. But it was a great class, and they really enjoyed it. So thank goodness for that. And, uh, yeah. What, yeah. Do you, what do you cover in that class? I just really focus on character and what I like to play with characters and the things that I like to use to help me focus on my own character, which is uh, physical body and physical movements. And then, like, a character's opinion or a character's perspective on whatever. And also emotional reactions and emotional connection. Because with improv, a good character is just, like, perfect. And it really makes the scene bigger and, and, and more deeper in the story. And uh, if you're just going in saying, I'm a cop and I like to do this, it's yeah. pretty much flat. But if you come in with, like, a, hey, I'm a cop and I like to do a this gives more of like okay what's this crazy cop about you know it's kind of like a stanislavski method for improv kind of yes yeah you guys can look that up I'm i not didn't gonna... make anybody cry though i had this drama teacher back in in high school this is a this is a whole thing i could do a whole podcast just about this guy i shouldn't say his name so he reckoned he was writing the first ever textbook mm-hmm. on drama studies yes like it had never been done before of course and then he would release us readings once a week that he had printed off and yes. written like bleep bleep his name at the at the bottom and it was just like straight out of stanislavski like copy paste exactly like one time he was working really hard in class and one of my friends chris goes is asking him, oh what are you doing on your computer there because he wasn't teaching us anything mm-hmm. i'm miming not miming I'm, I'm i'm moving my computer around like making sure uh no, one's no one could see and he goes out for a smoke and he was just researching cows on wikipedia <laughs> Maybe cows like uh, inspires him to think of how like how actors need to be still. So why was he watching Prison Break the other Prison time? Break. Well, maybe he's trying to figure out uh, how they connect to their characters and how the idea of uh, prisons can uh, dis- uh, can destroy your character. I don't know. This is so optimistic. <laughs> trying to help this you, guy. You got the, you got the patience for one more story about this guy. <laughs> yes, more and more. All right, so one, t- so we had double periods of drama, uh, so it would be two fifty-minute classes instead of the one. Yeah. And uh, one time he just uh, said he, God, I can't remember what he said he was doing, but he just left at the beginning, and we were supposed to even you know, practice monologues or something. And Chris, the same guy, decides to follow him, like tail him, and he comes back and he tells Chris us. Chris is my best friend. I don't know who he is, but I like him. Hey, he's a good dude. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So he said this, the drama teacher's name was also Chris, oh. as it turns out. But uh, he went out for a smoke, the, the teacher. It was a non-smoking campus, but he did it anyway. Because <laughs> he's an actor. Yeah, exactly. And that was uh, 20 minutes or so. And then he just was walking around in circles for about 15 minutes yes. on the oval, which is what we, what would you call like a football field? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we call them ovals in, in, in Australia, even though they're not. And then he goes and started chatting up the school archivist. Okay. Like hitting on her. Get it. And then he... And the, the thing is that you need to know is that the school archivist had pleurosis. Okay. Which is when one of your legs is shorter than the other. Mm. And we were studying the glass menagerie at the time. Which Perfect. Is about a woman with pleurosis. Yes. Yeah. He was method acting. He was. But he, he comes back. <laughs> he comes back for the last 10 minutes of the class and just says... Do you guys want to see my impression of someone with chlorosis? Oh, no. And he just starts walking no. around in circles. No. Oh. Like he'd been doing on the oval. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I myself, I don't like those pretentious 
actor theater people. Mm. Like, not theater, doing theater, but those, like, theater people. You yeah. Know? I don't like them myself, so I would be more... I think this guy yeah. was more of a con man who, like, conned his way into a job as a, as a drama That's teacher true. at my school. He got fired a couple of years after I left on unrelated charges. Oh, um, <laughs> I want to know what Chris did. What did Chris do? Well, we, we used to call him Craig or C-Train. C-Train? C-Train. He hated it. Called his office the train station. <laughs> he had a phobia of skeletons. Really? Because, we, like, he has one. Like a grown man. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And we... I know. <laughs> and there was a... Uh, we, we, we as a prank on him as like a senior prank. We, we got this plastic skeleton out of yeah. the biology department. And we put it at his desk. And it had his hand in his mug. And a hand on the keyboard, and it was just watching Prison Break. He killed somebody. Chris killed somebody, buried that body somewhere. And where he was walking circles on the oval. Yes, and then where, and then he would go back like once a year, and then he just would see the body decaying, and then slowly start seeing the skeleton. That's why he hates skeletons. And why he was watching Prison Break is because he was researching if, if he, he ever, ever gets yeah. caught. Oh my god! We caught you, bitch. That's really funny, but it's also not that. true. Yeah, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's this guy, true. he killed somebody. We know you, Chris. We see you, Chris. So you're the second guest in as many weeks to have appeared on the show Supernatural. Of your various credits, uh, what was what's your favorite thing that you worked on? Honestly, I honestly love them all because it's so hard to get into anything in this industry that each job is like, oh my God, I get to do this. It was really, really fun. Um, I do love, uh, I remember the gig that I did with Supernatural. It was fun because I had to play this crazy witch, but the director, and I'm so bad with names now, the director of that episode directed Boogie Nights, and he was just a funny, funny guy, and I really enjoyed it. Please show me a picture. Maybe I got it wrong. It's like, nope, that's not him. I, I think I'm gonna, it is. I'm going to... Yes. I'm really bad with names. Like this is just me. I'm just really bad with names. Oh, person. Paul Thomas Anderson. Let's see his face. This guy? Uh, no, he's older. Well, now he's an older dude. I, he doesn't look like Maybe that. Maybe he was guy. a writer. Maybe he was a writer. That that makes sense. Yes, but uh, he was just a fun guy, and I just enjoyed. But that was fun. And then uh, working actually on. Legion was really, really awesome. The cast were great. And uh, it was just, every project so far has been great. Never any horror stories of bad people or mean directors or mean actors. So far, so great with all the projects I've been able to do. Oh, that's a pretty unique experience. I know. I've heard some, like, terrible things about people being rude and just, like, but I've never, ever experienced any of that. So So off the screen, uh, you were involved in the vagina monologues. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really fun. That was back in Toronto. I did two shows with uh, the Vagina Monologues. I never did the Vagina Monologues itself. Yeah. We did like the the sub-Vagina Monologues of any one of us and then another... It's like a side show. Yes, not a side show, but a side... If it's like a spider of things, like a side, like a... I don't know, a, a, a side Like a subject. spinoff. A sp- yes, a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, the hit spinoff of and the that was monologue. those two. They were just amazing. I worked with the amazing, talented director Tanisha Tate, and she was just brilliant, and she still is. And uh, it was just awesome. It was really, really awesome. Just kind of hearing stories of women who have been through a lot of bad things, and um, and just giving those stories and giving those uh, memories uh, their time to be heard and seen. And that was. 
sometimes I still think about the characters that I've played within those uh, two plays and just how it's shaped me as a person. It was just amazing, amazing thing. Yeah. Do you still do any traditional acting? Uh, kind of, if the right opportunity shows up. I know two, three years ago, I, uh, I did um, One Good Marriage uh, with uh, Dan Willows. And Mike McKenzie was our director. It was a Ryan Ray, Cl- Ray Croft uh, play, Canadian playwright. And that was just an, also a beautiful experience. I do miss live theater and, uh, and, and live performing outside of improv. But uh, yeah, I do miss it. So wh- maybe you can tell me what came first, the acronym or the name of the East Vancouver Improv League? Uh, so the acronym came first, and my friend, my partner, uh, Jeff, Jeff Walters, he, we do it together. He, he basically came up with uh, East Vancouver Improv League because it's um, on the east side. We have Anna Restaurants Commercial Drive with us east side. And then we realized it spelled out evil. <laughs> and we were like, it's oh! Just perfect. It was just perfect. So we just go with uh, evil improv. Um, so yeah, the acronym came first and then like we realized what it spelled and we're like, oh yeah, that's cool. So what, what other groups here? You're in Nasty Women. Nasty Women. Uh, Your Moms. Your Moms. And that's it right now. Yeah. You used to be involved with The List with Randy Newmyer. Yes, uh, I was involved with The List with Randy and she is keeping that show strong. Um, I just got, my plate got too full and I wasn't able to really commit the time that it deserved. But Randy has and still is just making it bigger and better. And she she was the one really with the original uh, dream for it. So it only makes sense for her to continue that. So, yeah. I think there's one of them coming up. Is it this weekend? This weekend. This Saturday. Oh, so you missed it. I know. If you're listening. Because I'll be doing Tina and Cher. What a weekend. I know. For anyone on CITR, thanks so much for tuning in. Oh. That's the end of our time slot. But you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com. For anyone else, stick around. We've still got lots more to talk about with Essay. Now, before the show, I asked Essay about a comedic influence to talk about today, and she came back with the late, great Bernie Mac. Can I ask you a personal question? Yes. Does pussy taste like pumpkin pie? <laughs> and I've never had pumpkin pie, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love you, Bernie. Oh, I was, I, was, I was so happy. The second you said you want to talk about Bernie Mac, that just popped right into my yes. head. Yes. <laughs> That God. bit is so good. He's I mean, so funny. So for those of you who don't know, I'm referencing a uh, Def Jam comedy bit where uh, that really skyrocketed Bernie Mac into the, into the spotlight, where he followed Martin Lawrence, I believe. I think so. It was a really unruly crowd that yes. Martin Lawrence couldn't get under control. Mm-hmm. He got Bernie Mac just like, he came out and he goes, I'm afraid of you, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then they just like, oh, perfect. Who's and the the DJ on that night as mm. well was? Uh, do you remember? I don't know his name, but I know his face. It's, I don't know his name. So, I, I'm just He's gonna, a very have to, known I'm gonna have to look it up. Bernie Mac. That's a good search term, right? And uh, he would always cue the DJ, hit it, yeah, and dance. Oh, and he's wearing he's... the most amazing pants on. Yes, there. his face is on his leg. This is something I should have written down beforehand. Who the DJ was. It's really not important to what we're talking about. I'm, I'll figure it out later. But he got everybody and like everybody. I, I even I watched I watched it a few days ago just to kind of keep myself refreshed. And even uh, after Martin Lawrence had like the crowd was just like not having it. But there was, I if you watch the video uh, again of his set, Bernie said there's like I think two or three girls in the front row and they were just sitting down like I don't care. 
just not into anything. And then at the end of his set, they were just like rolling on the floor, slapping their thighs. So I was like, he well, won. he's heavy structured. Yeah, <laughs> he's big boned. It. He got everybody. He got he's everybody. Pull his shit out. The whole room gets stuck. I know. <laughs> and they lost it. Oh, I just love it. He's so good. I, his confidence is really what I, what I love about um, him. He's just big and just like he's just a big man. Yeah. But a big confident man, but like also there's a sense of vulnerability in him, which I, I love. But uh but yeah, he's able it's to almost just... like a defensive confidence. Exactly. But it's just like but softness still, but he's still holding his own. Um so I've watched a lot of his stuff, but I've never really seen him like falter or look like, Oh fuck, I've lost it or I've lost them or like what's going on. God knows what's happening in his head. But uh yeah, he's just that like solid dude that goes in does his stuff and half of his jokes because of i guess where he's from and his accent i don't get because i'm like what are you saying i i don't understand what you're saying but he just delivers it with his own like this is who i am from illinois i think so or maybe even like i don't know i think he was buried there maybe all the same but uh but like i think he has like a like maybe atlanta i don't know but just i could be way off accent of like some place i'm like what i don't understand what you're saying but even still he's just a solid guy where did you first see him first notice him i think i saw him maybe i was very very young and like when they don't have it now but when bet had like comic view i don't think it was ever on comic view or maybe he was but i saw him on bet or something what's bet black entertainment television right uh, when that was like a, a thing, just all hip hop, all black music, black entertainment, black comedy, black focused genre and movies and shows and whatever and comedy too. And I think I saw him on there and I was just like taken aback of like, just again, his stature, like even physically, I know Martin Lawrence was a comedian that was huge. Uh, and then Chris Rock and these men were just like tiny men. Yeah. Physically. Um, but uh, Bernie Mac was just like, just, I don't know, maybe the shade of his skin, I don't know. He was just a big black man, just like, and his voice was booming. So I think that just really got my attention. And then not really understanding the content because I guess my age, but then I was watching um, Ocean's Eleven or 12 or which one that he was on. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, oh, that's the guy that I saw on TV. And then I just started watching that and I just still just loved his like. He's so good in those. So good. And then the end of the night from there on, I was like, I just love this guy. I think I first saw him in. Um Charlie's Angels Full Throttle yes. as Bosley. <laughs> I must admit as well, the first album that I ever bought was the soundtrack to that film. Oh. It's a pretty banging soundtrack, oh. actually. I need to check that out. It has yeah. some, some Tom Green in there, some mm. Canadian comedy. Yes. So in 2001, he was given his own show, The Bernie Mac Show. Yes. In which he played a fictional version of himself. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but uh, I'd like to after reading about it. Did you catch that one? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I watched that. That was really based on his own life in a way uh but his sister unfortunately um at the time was uh, struggled with drug drug addiction so he had to really take her three kids and uh i think in the reality it was like two girls and one boy um but in the show i think it was yeah two boys two girls and one two girls and one boy um but uh just him dealing with dealing with his sister's children and her having a drug addiction and then just dealing with kids who were exposed to a mother with drug addiction and then trying to like 
deal with that. They never really, in the show, talked about the drug addiction because it was a family-friendly show. But just knowing that he was taking care of his sister's kids. And uh, I guess with TV, he the TV show, you see his frustration with the kids growing up, trying to find their own voice, and trying to uh, kind of take now, understand that there's a rule, a new father figure they've never had just dealing with that like you're not my father situation but the love and the love the fights the dynamic of like family uh individuality growth for both of them the kids and bernie and it was just a great show i don't know when it ended but it was a really really good show and just it was like not a modern day cosby show because that wasn't it but it was just like a remix of like the cosby show yeah you know of like the father who is like trying his absolute best but not also giving a shit too but giving a shit sort of like what my wife and kids tried and failed to do in my opinion yeah i think that goes something i i used to think about uh with bernie mac that i that i find kind of fascinating about him is that he's hard very like you can you can tell especially from that that def jam Mm -hmm. bit like he's obviously had a rough past and stuff but he's also super wholesome as well very yeah yeah very very wholesome i mean i was watching some of his stuff too and like i guess during at the time of like how people would speak about uh genders and and sexuality when he was so a perfect example when he was talking about on his set he talked about his nephew and he's like my nephew's a homosexual and he said you know he's he's a little faggot but like the word now you can't say that Hmm. but even how he's describing his I'm quoting faggot uh, nephew was he spoke about him with such love and such uh, care and just like watching him grow into a a young gay man he was still proud of him but like so the hardness of like his life but just to see that he's loving this boy who's going to go through a lot of struggle in the future but like saying kind of like I'm here for you I have you I'm watching over you which is like that's what I love about him he's so hard he looks so hard but there's a softness in him and and uh his heart is pro- like was probably massive he's yeah. he's kind of like your uncle that used to be hard when he was yes. in his 20s but yeah. now is really responsible yes but still has you know his you know old mannerism still there he was like oh that's his uncle bernie yeah you know he really is a, an Uncle Bernie, I yeah. think. In the final three years of his life, Bernie Mac publicly disclosed that he had suffered from sarcoidosis, a disease of unknown origin that causes inflammation in tissue. That same word that I just butchered frequently attacked Mac's lungs. In 2008, Mac was admitted to the Northwestern Memorial Hospital in his hometown of Chicago, Illinois. After a week of unsuccessful medical treatment, Mac went into cardiac arrest and died during the early morning hours of August 9th from complications of pneumonia. Mac's public funeral was held a week after his death at the House of Hope Church with nearly 7,000 people in attendance. Mm-hmm. And I think I just copy-pasted that because uh, reading the 7,000 people in attendance and obviously a lot of uh, celebrities and his peers as yeah. well there. Mm-hmm. Went out on a high note. He did, he did. Um, I think even like... I think uh, traces of his um, illness was present like at the end stages of the Bernie Mac show. And I think they canceled it because of his own personal health issues. And then he died maybe a couple of years or maybe shortly after. But uh, I remember reading, uh, I think watching, uh, they had like a Bernie, uh, they had like, fo- they focused on a comedian they, and Bernie Mac was the topic of discussion. And just Dave Chappelle was talking about how some, he was such an influence of... Uh, 
in his own comedy career. And I think Chris Rock mentioned him as well. And it was just, he was such a, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a stand up comedian, but I can only imagine how such legends like Dave Chappelle and, and, and uh, Chris Rock admired him. It, he probably had a huge impact on the comedy scene. And especially breaking into the mainstream exactly, so much yeah. as well. Like, I uh, played, what was it? Um, Pasta Clever on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's oh. weird thinking about it. Most people in, involved with that movie, mm-hmm. like, went from from such, like, hard personas into, like, family-friendly. I know. Like yeah. Ice Cube. Ice Are Cube. we there yet? Oh, I love Ice Cube. Oh, he's so... Could almost, could almost do a, an episode talking about him. I know. As a comedian. Exactly. And he's a funny dude, too, so... Yeah, I mean, he's so... So he had three films released posthumously, uh, none of which I've seen. Uh, Soul Man, Madagascar 2, and Old Dogs. I don't... I didn't watch... I think... Soul Man, I don't think I watched. I don't watch cartoons. And That's uh, a cartoon? Might have, yeah, I think he voiced right. a character. Yeah. Or I may be wrong. Um, and Old Hogs? Is that the one where like John Travolta is... I'm He's thinking, trying to be in the Hell's Angels or something. I, I think it's like with yeah, I think that's it. But I think wasn't Martin Lawrence in that or was it? Is Bernie? that old dogs or old hogs? Oh, old hogs. It's with Martin Lawrence. So There's an old hogs and an old <laughs> dogs. Oh, I don't. I've never watched old dogs. It could be either. I think old hogs. Oh, it's is John with... Travolta, and Robin Williams. Old Sit, dogs. stay, play, dad. Oh, oh boy. Is he also in old hogs? Uh, I don't think so. Is he? I think Old Dogs. I think I watched Old Dogs. He was that's like, Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. Well. That's what I was thinking yeah, of the we whole were time. Yeah, Wild Hogs. But is, is Johnny T in that as well? He is. Captain Scientology. There we got. All right. Let's 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 not talk about him anymore. <laughs> I remember. Ugh, I don't remember now. Shoot, I'm getting old. Don't get old, people. But get old. You can't. That's good it. advice. Don't get old, but get old because you can't. You can't stop. Do, it. The only bad thing about getting older is aging <sighs> everything else is good yes the aging is bad but everything else is good yes uh so i put it here as well he was named the 41st best comedian of all time mm. by rolling stone magazine yeah yes one thing i love about bernie mac is that also with like his hard persona he kind of and again i'm saying this and i'm not like a comedy head i don't i don't i'm not the one that's like oh i don't catch up on new comedians but one thing I love about his uh, stand-up is because he's such a hard-looking uh, comedian with his stature, his physicality, but he always puts in a gem of, like, honest truth. Like, he would talk about ragging on being married for so long, but then he would always say, like, I love my wife, there's no other woman for me, and all that stuff. And usually men don't really say that, like, my wife is this, and just insults, 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 and leave it there. Yeah, but like he always like every time he makes a joke about his wife, he always just like retracts it. Like, but I wouldn't have anybody else, or she's the love of my life, or whatever. And like even in like this, um, the understanding, even in the uh, Def Jam um, bit, uh, he he was talking about he went to a prison, and uh, one guy was like, "I'm in prison because I didn't tell on a friend." And he's like, "Well, let's not be stupid, you know." Yeah. If, you, like so he, what are you in here for? Nothing. Nothing. He's <laughs> like, you're an idiot. It's like, don't be dumb. He's like, I'll, like, and th- those are positive messages of like, don't fight with each other. Don't, don't be stupid. You know, which a lot of people, correct me if I'm wrong, don't really. I, maybe at the time, never really talked about in their comedy. 
you know. But I liked how like he would just like just put in like little gems of just like do better act- exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what else are you working on right now? Uh, aside from Tina and Cher, and aside from my weekly shows at uh, Commercial Drive uh, with Evil Improv. Uh, just any anything that my brain wants to do. Any if I have a new idea, I try to follow through, and uh, yeah. So, so and then you want to plug. Uh, aside from Tina and Cher, which is already passed, come to Evil Improv every Sundays, Havana Restaurant, seven thirty. You active on any of the uh, old social medias? I only I I don't. I'm such a. I don't. I only have Facebook and only for like close friends. So just follow SA in person. Yes. Just don't don't follow me, but you know. That's kind of Keep weird. a safe distance. Exactly. Stranger danger, I believe in that. That was SA Otawo talking about Bernie Mac. Join me next week when I talk to Piers and Eric from Podcast vs. Podcast about Paul F. Tompkins. Thanks for listening everybody. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Cave Goblins and check out what we're doing over on CaveGoblins.com. We've got a Reddit community and a Discord server you can find through our website, so hop on over there. You can find this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist. See you next time. Bye.